0: Um, I'm an interdisciplinary artist by nature, which means I use multiple art forms to uh, tell stories. I think, in a a nutshell, I spent the last 20, 25 years in the world of theater, but I came to theater through music and through visual arts, so those are my mediums. Um, I could stand here and tell you my story, but I think it's more interesting if we have a dialogue together, so I'm going to, we're going to do some more exercises and do some stuff together, and in the course of that, you'll get pieces of my story, and you'll be able to answer, it, ask questions and that kind of thing. First thing I want to do is, now <laughs> I'm catching my breath, and you're catching your breath, I want to start with a uh, quiet mindfulness exercise. Okay? So, this is how it works. We're going to count 20 breaths. Okay? And this, so it's a breath. It's a full breath. It's That's one breath, okay? By yourself, at your own pace, with your eyes closed, I would ask you to go ahead and count your breaths. 20 breaths. In that, and I'll tell you when to start. Wait, wait for my go. <laughs> You're ready. In that, I want you to take note of what comes up, but I don't want you to direct your thoughts. Right? If you lose count, okay. I'm not going to grade you. Start over. Go back to one. And just count the breaths. Okay? So the exercise is breathing, counting. You can acknowledge your thoughts. Don't let them distract you from the exercise. Okay? So I'll know you're done when you open your eyes. Okay? So let's take that moment of quiet. So you're coming out. your 20 breaths. What I want you to take note of is what came up. I don't need you to tell me, but I want you to remember in that moment of quiet what rose to the surface. I don't need to answer this question. Right I just want you to remember it because we may come back to that in a little while. Okay. What, rose to the, what rose to the surface? Okay. Hold on a that. Um, the first thing I want to do uh, Well, I'm going to to change my tactic a little bit here. You came here for a reason today. Your life journey has brought you to this moment. You came here, this is a a seminar on faith and art. You have questions. You have, perhaps, concerns. You have, maybe, skepticisms. I could get up here and talk, but what's important to me is that we address why you came today. You have these questions or thoughts. What are your questions? We're going to write it in. Because I want to spend this time addressing what's important to you. I already know what's important to me. Why did you come today? That's a real question. why are you here?
1: So, can you put that in the form of a question? What is your question in that? My question um, would be how how exactly does faith intersect with
0: art? It's a great question. How does faith, faith intersect? Two questions in the same question, right? What is the artist's role? What is the artist's role in the church, is that right? And conversely, what is the church's role in support of the artist? Or what's what? artists. Artists. Support artists. Okay? Let's make it specific. You say our own, we say our own, our own artistic and internal and art. Okay, communicate our internal artistic experiences into something that is helpful for others. Into something helpful. Right, I think we can address that. These are great questions, maybe one or two more. The big burning questions, yeah. Good questions. Should we start here? <laughs> okay. So, let's take number one. How does faith intersect with art? Well, we've, we've been talking about that this morning. We've gotten some great theology. I'm not a theologian, okay? I'm an artist. I'm on a journey, just like you. So, this morning, I can offer you some of my experiences as I've gone along in answering some of these questions. These are not definitive. Hopefully they're theologically sound. I would turn to the experts on that. Um, but together as a group we have a collective knowledge. So let's talk about this. How does faith intersect with art? We've heard from we've heard from Justin. Let's hear from somebody else. How does your faith intersect with art? It's a Filter? Can you elaborate? Filter in what way?
2: Um, there are sometimes things that I, I want to put in my art forms as expressions, and then I, um, in the second draft, I realize that it's not—it's uh, more of a personal thing, and if I, if I put it out there, it's going to propagate the opposite of evangelism and stuff. But okay. I think I allow it to filter what I'm
0: going to put out. Okay. It's a filter. It's an editor, perhaps. And I, and I mean that, and I hope in the best sense of the word, in, that, in the creative act, and I know that when I'm creating, whether that's a painting or a piece of theater or a piece of music, I have a couple of things in mind. I have my audience, right, which for me is paramount. What's the takeaway? And I have the filter or the editor of, of my, uh, my gender, my sexuality, my religion, my, you know, all of these kind of biases that I just come to the table with. They're all filters, right? We want our work to make sense and to matter, right? To have some sort of profound impact, and so we want it to have a deeper impact than art for art's sake. So where do we go? Well, <laughs> we go here, right? We've got a manual <coughs> that at least gives us some guide, po- guide por- um, posts to where we want to where we want to go or how we want to say it. So in the act of creating, I can speak from my own experience, I try not to filter until I think about the audience. At that, up to that point, it's just me in my studio. It's just me with a blank canvas, a blank piece of paper. It's like, blah, I'll just get the stuff out. Right? And that's going to come back to the whole darkness thing in a second here, OK? Uh, I hope. If I veer off, of course, bring me back. So, it's a filter. It's an editor. We have these um, biases, right? That we filter everything through. Scripture being one of the most important things that we are looking through the lens of, right? So, does that make it Christian art? I don't want to be a spokesperson for Christian art. I don't want to be a spokesperson for. I don't, that's not my soapbox, right? I, I think God made me creative. I believe in a God who's creative. I'm a believer. I make stuff. I honestly don't think about it that often in that regard, right? I hope the work is good <laughs> at the end of the day. I went to, uh, I, have, I have an MFA. I have an MFA in interdisciplinary art, and it was a secular university. I spent two and a half glorious years with a cohort of people of which I was the minority, straight, white, Christian, father of three, drives a minivan, nobody else looked like me or had my story, right? I was totally meowed. But it allowed me to be in a community of people that didn't look like me, didn't talk like me, didn't act like me and still create. They wouldn't have given me the time of day if the work wasn't good, right? If I didn't have integrity as a person, and I was very open about who I am as a believer. They wouldn't have cared if they saw me yelling at my kids. They wouldn't have cared if my work was bad. So there is, there is a level of skill. And I think that goes back, it harkens back to the story you started with in Exodus. God called skillful laborers, right? Be good at what you do. Otherwise, this part, the faith part, not gonna matter. It's the equivalent of Jesus feeding the people before he preached to them, <laughs> right? You gotta give them bread. You can't send them away hungry and say, "Be well and be fed." It's the same thing with art. It can't be subpar. Know your stuff. You know, you're gonna be a musician. Theory is important. You know, you can't just say you're gonna play Chopin. You gotta learn Japan. You gotta learn those scales, right? So, faith intersecting with art, I gotta be honest with you. I just, I don't think about it that much because it's just who I am. And thankfully, I'm in a place where I don't feel like I have to apologize for either. I just make stuff. Other thoughts about this first question? Yeah. Absolutely. So let's talk about audience. Can we talk about audience now? What's the takeaway, right? You're making something. You're in your studio. You're in your practice hall. You're, you're writing something. Great. It could be the most beautiful thing in the world until you do what? You put it out there in the world. You give it to somebody, and, and they're going to react to it, right? So part of my my journey to graduate school and then re- getting into this graduate program helped me to redefine or rather further define why I make, right? I already knew what I was. I'm an artist. Right? That's the what. The why then becomes the next question. Why am I doing this? Who's it for, right? What's the takeaway? Okay, I can tell you in a nutshell, I'm an interdisciplinary, interdisciplinary artist that uses theater, music, and visual art to bring joy, to bring peace, and increasingly social justice. That's my mission statement, okay? I was better able to define that as I realized I'm around a bunch of people whose God is art. Art is my God. It's like, wow, that's just not my God. Art is my vehicle. Art is the avenue of which I express, but my God is my God. Art is just the thing that I've been made to do, right? When art is your God, then you're serving that God with whatever. You know, art for art's sake. And I've, I've just always struggled with that because I want art to be its own thing. I think, you know, there's, I talk to people who, you know, they, they're wrestling with just making stuff and it's just putting stuff out there, but I think, okay, I want people to be moved. I want people to be thoughtful. I want art to be both a reflection and a refraction of of our civilization and our society and of our culture. I want it to have that reaction. I want you to be moved to tears when I'm doing a show. I want you to walk away humming a, a tune I wrote. I want you to enter into a painting and have a profound experience. That's my goal, what, I have a say in, in the creative process, is what that takeaway is, right? So, joy became my thing. Like, laughter, joy, a sense of wholeness, as opposed to a sense of being taken from. Um, and I'll give you a quick example. Uh, anybody ever seen the movie Natural Born Killers? I don't recommend it. But it was this movie that was highly recommended at the time. It was like, people were like, you gotta go see this movie because it's really profound and it's a cultural statement. And it was, but I tell you, my wife and I went and saw this movie and we felt so empty and drained afterwards from just the, the violence and the, the depravity and the, the depiction of humanity that we just felt like we were less than we were when we walked in the, the theater. And my goal is the opposite. I want you to feel more than right? More fully human, more fully connected to to truth, to justice, to beauty, right? That's my goal. So that became my mission in the act of creating. So I approach everything that I do, whatever avenue I'm working in, with that in mind, okay? That's the takeaway for my audience. That's my goal. Do I achieve that every time? No. I hope to, but in terms of takeaway, and I can go to my Bible and I can go, I can back that up with Scripture. I can back up beauty. Beauty for ashes, right? I can back it up. The, the idea of joy, the idea of peace, the idea of justice. It's here, right? So that's what I'm hoping to give to my audience. Let's go on to number two. What is the artist's role in the church? Bless you. What is the artist's role in the church? Talk to me. What do you think? Reveal truth. Reveal truth. Can you elaborate? Um, I think mean, it goes back to
2: what Justin was saying earlier, that just are having the unique ability to overstate
0: state what is understated, and especially in like a worship setting. Okay. Okay. What are other opportunities outside the church to do that? But I mean the work you're doing,
2: by bringing joy. Joy is like a thing that God has implanted in the world, like it's part of his character, so it's revealing his character and to
0: about that to others through the work that you're doing. The work that we're doing, right? And I wanna th- I wanna be uh, I wanna be specific to honor your question. When you say the church. I take that to mean two things. The church, like within the walls of the church, how do we edify the body? And the church in culture, would that be accurate? Okay, so let's, let's talk about those two things for a moment. Let's talk about the role of, the, of, of worship, the role of the arts inside the community of faith. What, is there a specific role that the artist has? What is that? Glorify. Okay. To worship. Yeah. What else? Use This is a very tribal experience, and, and what I love about the church, as I reflect on the format, is it's very theatrical, right? We come and we sit, somebody gets up and speaks, we sing, you know, but we, we enter a kind of tribal mindset of we're going to sing these kinds of songs, we're going to do these kinds of, of uh, recitations, we're going to do this kind of liturgy, we're going to dress in these kind of robes and hats and you know, whatever tradition that you're in, it's very theatrical, right? We get that from the Greeks. When somebody got up and said, you know, I'm gonna do this, people would listen and those were like morality plays and that was why you came to church in in the Greek world. Well, it hasn't changed that much, right? We come and we we have this kind of tribal experience where we, we speak the same language, we have the same lexicon, we have the same understanding, right? So that's here, and that's valuable. My son and I just went and saw this. Uh, it was this worship rock road show with Stephen Curtis Chapman last week and the Wren Collective, and, and it was great. It was like four and a half hours of you know, you know, music and worship, and it was wonderful. It was really great. But it struck me that five thousand people at the whatever center down in Kent, you know, we're all having a very similar experience of, of worship, and it's it's valuable. I. I felt filled up, I felt more fully human, you know, having that experience, which is a different experience than going for me and seeing a Monet. And being moved in a different way, or seeing a work that may or may not be created by an artist who proclaims to be a Christian, but still moves me in a spiritual way. A number of years ago, there was a Picasso exhibit at the SAM. And I walked in, and the first drawing was like, I walked in, I turned, and the first it's a sketch, it's a charcoal sketch. I burst into tears. My poor wife, she was like, it's okay. Because it moved me, the beauty of it, and to think that the, the hand of this, this artist was on that paper. I was that close, right? It just moved me when I was at the Musée de l'Orange in, in France, in Paris, and saw the water lilies. They're as big as this wall. You you walk in and it's a cathedral experience. It's a worship experience. And I just sat there and I just You know, I'm breathing this in. It's like the Holy Spirit is, is present. Part of that is that as a believer, I'm going and I'm having that expectation, right? Conversely, as an artist, I'm having that hope and that expectation that my work will draw that out of somebody else, right? So there's the worship experience that happens here, which is totally valid and important, and we need that. And then there's the worship experience that happens in the broader sense. So what is the artist's role in the church? The best answer I can give you is yes. (laughs) Do the work, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I can I can just offer an example in my own life and the life of my wife. She's an actress. Um, We're both uh, actors, musicians, writers. In our church, we we help lead worship, right? We also help lead the the children's ministry and the children's Christmas thing that invites kids in from all over the neighborhood and whoever shows up. Last year we had 26 kids doing Charlie Brown Christmas. It was awesome, but that's part of our ministry in the walls of that denomination in the walls of that church. We also do camp ministry. We have a camp in Yelm that we go down and we do stuff there, so worship. However, we're also actors and directors and, and musicians in the rest of the world. My wife is the, the director of the performing arts program of the, the performance program at Seattle Pacific University, which is Christian University, but she's also an actress at The Wrap and at Seattle Public Theater. And I've done stuff at Act, and I mean, we're doing, we're out in the world using our skills that God's given us with to hopefully have what we call a green room ministry, right? To get to know the people that are, you know, on a journey and just say, yeah, this is who we are. We go to church, we've got kids, we're devoted to each other, you know, that in and of itself, just to have a marriage, uh, 23 years, thank you very much. You know, to have a marriage and have kids and have a home. You know, to be in a, in a green room situation with other actors who maybe aren't at that place in their journey. They're looking for those things. They're looking for that secure relationship. But they're also looking for meaning, right? What is this all for? It can't just be to be in a movie, to get that kind of success, right? What is it for? What does it mean? What does it mean to have joy? So when my wife is in a green room situation with a bunch of other actresses, And they're talking about their life, and one actress has just discovered she's pregnant for the first time, and that wasn't expected, and her life is about to change. She turns to Candace, who's had three kids and a successful career as an actress, and goes, how do you do that? What am I going to do? Right? It's all relational, folks. (laughs) It's this. Right? It's one-on-one. It's relational. It's connecting with people. It's having those long-term relationships. I was just talking to Keisha about um, ministry in Europe. We, we lived in Spain for a year. After a number of years of going back and forth and, and doing ministry there, um, we lived there and we're a part of the evangelical movement. And the churches there are small in Europe. You know, 25 people. It's like a mega church in a storefront, right? And it's because the people that have been there long enough know that. The only way to make substantial change with an intellectual society, an intellectual culture, is to just say, look, we're gonna live our life alongside of you, and when you have a need, we're gonna help meet it. Because we, we were told our mandate was to love God and love others. Our neighbor is ourself, and I'm gonna come alongside you, and when you are sick and need a meal, I'm gonna bring you a meal, just because. That's taken years. Right? So when we came back to America, we were like, okay, this is where we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be in Seattle. We're going to raise our, our family here. We're going to do this ministry, you know, this life of being an artist. How do we come alongside people for the long haul? How do we plant deep roots here and stay in, in community? That's been a huge lesson for us. So let's get to this one because it's important. It has to do with how do we... How does the church, as an entity, as a as a body, support artists? Um, and there are the kind of practical ways of like sending artists out into the world financially, you know, in a kind of missional or missionary sort of way. And we we certainly do that, uh, you know, as a as a church culture, we send people out. Um, I can speak again from my own experience. I've I've gotten commissions from churches. I get speaking engagements. I've done I've done paintings for churches. I've done Music for churches, um, you know, that's one way that the church as an entity has supported me and supported my wife. Um, I used to, as a younger, angry young man, want to have, like, the church, like, take a more renaissance role to it. Why can't you just underwrite me, you know? And, and I think we, we have that kind of um, false expectation that that's what the church is for. And I've changed my view on that. This is my personal view. I, I don't know that that's the church's role. The church's role is to encourage and embolden the body of Christ to go do good works, right? Of which I am, I'm a hand, right? And other people are the foot, and the, you know that whole. You're a part of the body of Christ. So, how do I be? How do I feel supported as an artist? And once again, it's just I'm, I'm doing the work that that God's called me to do. If I wasn't at a, if I wasn't in a community that that was supported supportive of my wife and I would maybe question why I was there, you know, but I just happen to be in a very supportive environment. Um, Seattle, pretty supportive, I think. I can't speak to the south or to the east coast as well, although I know brothers and sisters in, in those communities that that have other resources, you know, that, that can go out and do other things. Uh, our church is very small, about 300 people or so, and not a not a lot of people or a lot of money in the church It's a very middle class church so it's not like we're going to underwrite your recording project you yeah. <laughs> but I know churches that do that stuff um, so I think they exist anything else on number three how can the church support the arts yeah I
1: just wanted to, to make a broader question out uh, a lot of what you just, just addressed uh, is thinking of the church as an organization as a collective community mm-hmm. I'm curious
0: Well, do you mean like financially, or do well, you no, mean? No, not necessarily. I, I, I guess what I would say, maybe
1: I'll put it in personal terms, um, what have non Christians in your life done where you just felt oh.
0: valued and supported? Great question. Come see my shows. Buy a painting. Um, sing my songs. <laughs> I mean, to have people show up at, a, at an art show, uh, to have people show up at a performance, um, you know, if you're not an artist, but you want to be supportive, yeah, go to, the, go to the galleries, go to art openings, go to, um, concerts, um, I mean, I just, I can, I can just rattle off a number of people who I know love Candice and I, my wife and I, and, and our kids, and they'll just show up at our stuff, you know, they'll just, they're those people. Um, likewise, they're the same people that when my wife was uh, had given birth to our son, it was our first pregnancy, and she lost so much blood she went anemic and, and almost passed away from that experience. For a month she was in bed while I cared for the baby and for her, and meal after meal after meal showed up, you know, our fridge was full, you know? I mean, those are like the hands and feet of Christ kind of stuff, right? So. It's, those, it's practical ways. It's, it doesn't have to be financial. It can, it's that show of support. It's that, it's that family element, right? We're all in this together. And, and that in turn has um, enlightened us to do the same, you know, for, for our brothers and sisters to go to their shows, but also make a meal, right? It doesn't have to be elaborate. It's those practical shows of support. Yeah. Yeah. And why I'm making it. for a lot of people who aren't artists they may might be a little bit like hesitant to do that, but it means like so much to me that people just ask. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, to ask and then and then listen. <laughs> you know, beyond the Hey how's it going? Fine. I'm outta here. You know, to really ask. To to listen with um to listen for understanding. Especially if you're working in an abstract medium. you know, We need you, we need you, Colleen, to, to explain the imagery that you, you create because there's so much thought that goes into it. There's so much depth of, of character and depth of experience. I worked for a, a contemporary art museum for three years. I worked for the Museum of Glass as the lead interpreter. So I had the, the pleasure and also the challenge of, of saying, This piece of art that you may disregard because it just looks like scratch marks, actually has a story. And that's what's so interesting to me about contemporary art is that every piece has a story and it's usually connected to the artist's own story. And if we just take a minute to to listen to that, we will enter into a whole world that is so fascinating because it's somebody's journey, right? Getting back to parables, getting back to the power of story. Yeah, take that moment to really ask. Really ask. I want to be aware of the time here, so let's, let's move on. Um, how can we communicate our internal, oh, this is the same question. How can we communicate our internal artistic experiences to something helpful for others? We've touched on this a little bit about what, what art is for, right? So We've, that's, we've touched, touched on audience, helpful for others. It's really for me about the takeaway, right? What are they walking out the door with? Is there anything else we want to elaborate on that? What else? How do we communicate our internal experiences? as something helpful. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. How do, we, how do we draw people and how do we draw in our audience in a way that allows them to take that next step? It's, in theater, we call that the suspension of disbelief, right? And if you, uh, if you think about the last time you saw a movie, or the last time you saw a play, you spend the first five or 10 minutes going, I don't believe this, right? I can't, can't fully enter into the world of Star Wars or the Lord of the Rings. Yet, until we start to suspend our disbelief and go, okay, well, there really are hobbits. There really are, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to be a willing participant in the belief that there's a Middle Earth, the belief in Jedi Knights, the belief in, you know, whatever it's going to be. But it takes a few minutes for that to happen. Next time you go see a play or you watch a film, pay attention to the first 10 minutes because the first 10 minutes are there to draw you in. It's the action sequence, right? It's the, it's the accident. We call it the inciting incident. It's that first thing that goes, oh my gosh, I didn't see that coming. And it's the thing that kicks off all the action, you know? Or it's the humor, right? Comedians are masters of doing this. They get up and they're doing a stand-up, and the first couple of jokes are just meant to warm up your ears to get you into the room so that you go on the journey with this storyteller, with this comedian. Pay attention to that, because then what happens in the next few minutes or the next hour to two hours is really about taking you on a, on a journey that is meant to touch you, to meant to move you, it's meant to, for lack of a better word, to manipulate your emotions so that you have some sort of an experience. Right? Pay attention to the next time. Well-crafted films, well-crafted plays do that every single time, at least in the Western tradition. Okay? Um, Helpful, to be helpful. I use the term to reflect and refract, and it's a term that I've I've used for a long time because I think that the the best art is not only a a reflection of ourselves and who we are, but also a refraction back to us of who we should be and who we can be, right? Our better selves, who we project that we want to be. not as angry, not as greedy, not as gluttonous, not as lustful, right? We want to be and better, right? Made in the image of of Christ. You know, not all art is going to do that. Is that our goal? Well, yeah, I think it can be, it should be, you know, to be more whole, you know, to have life in abundance, you know? so let's talk about the darkness real quick. Process through creative darkness. And so we, ta- you, we said the, the kind of the dark night of the soul, but also kind of writer's block, working through that. Um, has anybody ever had writer's block? Or creative block? Okay. What did you do?
2: hmm Okay.
0: Okay, so some, some kind of practical, just creative juice exercises, yeah? What else? Anybody else had creative block before? Yeah. i segue into the last little section. Am I doing all can time here? Okay, last little exercise I want to do right before lunch, okay? Um, go back to your breathing, where we did the breathing exercise, and, and what rose to the surface, right? And if you've got something to write with, I'd like you to, to use it, um, because now that we've, t- we've talked about our questions, we've touched on the darkness, but the word anxiety is really what I want to talk about, because Oftentimes, at least for me, in my quiet moments, when I'm trying to focus my attention, I'm distracted by the anxieties, right? I'm distracted by the by the fears, the insecurities. That's the stuff that rises for me. So I want you to think back to those, to the stuff that was rising to the top. Um, and I want you to answer this question for yourself. All right, I spent a whole lot of time with this. What do you want? What do you want? Now, if you're an artist, you know, we're kind of focusing on that. And it can be vocational. It doesn't have to be vocational. But what do you want? Okay? Answer that question for yourself. Write it down in, like, a sentence. Why do you want it? What do you want? Why do you want that? This question. Why is that important? And that might have to do with who it's for. done? So this is an exercise that I went through with my spiritual director a number of years ago and it, once again was one of those kind of focus exercises that allowed me to further articulate what I want and what it, why I was doing it, who it was for. <laughs> These are the questions, right? I want to be an interdisciplinary artist who brings joy, peace, and and increasingly, like I said earlier, social justice to my world, okay? What I'd like you to do is take those sentences you wrote and put them together. That's called a mission statement, people. So, if you can take your mission statement, and it lines up with the lens, the filter of scripture, That's a calling. That's a calling. You can line up what you want, who it's for, or rather, uh, why you want that, who it's for, and you can support it with, with scripture. That's a calling, folks. Now, that didn't happen for me overnight, right? That was a journey. It was a journey that had to do with being raised in the church, being raised by a family that supported me uh, being an artist, also in communities that supported me being uh, artistically inclined, going to school and having teachers and mentors go, oh, you're good at this. You should do more of that, right? At this point, I've had a nice career. Identifying myself as an artist in, in the world of, of the arts, both in the secular world and in the world of the church. My wife and I joke that we're the most liberal people in our church community and the most conservative people in our, you know, the rest of the world. And it's, it's pretty true. Um, but that's, that's the role that I've been given. And, uh, and I'm, I'm super grateful for it. Um, any other questions? Last questions? I should, I want to touch on this real quick because I wanted to do this exercise to talk about anxiety or creative block because whenever I feel that, like I just can't get any farther, I go back to my mission statement. I go back to my sense of calling, right? So, if you can articulate it, that's what's helped me. Okay, oh, I'm doing this for this. And then if I need to go back to the practical exercises, you know. Somebody mentioned uh, the, just being creative. I think it was you, just you know, kind of creative, letting it all out. I do that. I do uh, an exercise that, it's, that all has to do with concentric circles. right? I get a theme, and I start doing like, well, if, I wanna, if I'm writing a song, it's like, here's a lyric. Here's something that's it's like up here, and it's over here. It's like I just start brainstorming, and I make it very visual. Uh, I do the same thing when I'm, when I'm drawing, when I have a painting in mind. Um, I mean, my notebook is full of lyrics and drawings and stuff that only I would understand, <laughs> and I don't show that to anybody. Um, not that it's a secret, but it wouldn't make any sense, and it's like, and it's ugly, and it's hopefully it'll become something beautiful. Um, but going through the scales, like, you know, it's, it's the equivalent of playing scales for me. It's like just just go back to the work, go back to the the foundation and stuff. That's what's helped me in terms of creative darkness, and also Dark Night of the Soul, certainly been there, that's another story. Last questions? Comments? Thank you for having me, thanks for your attention. Appreciate it.